0: The first episode of URT number The Amazing Race 31 recap from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michael Helmstone, and joining me as always is the Canadian whose calves are a mess, Logan Saunders.
1: Good afternoon.
0: And fresh off locking her children away for the summer to make her return is the lady whose energy on most podcasts can be described as fairly intense, Michelle Pierce denovan oh,
2: thank you. Good day. Good day. Oh, yeah.
0: Back from hibernation after a few months.
2: Yes, hunted, finished. Very sad, but now I'm back.
1: You're over your depression.
2: Yes, I've eaten enough chocolate today.
0: Fun fact: Michelle is personally responsible for thousands of complaints going to Offcom about the ending of Hunted.
1: <laughs> no. In fact, I just heard all complaints about the season of The Amazing Race to Michelle as well. Yeah, she lives a complaint. <laughs>
2: oh. Oh, let me on
1: the non-funniest complaints uh, blog. <laughs>
0: I can see a new feature! (laughs) And I guess we'd better address the elephant in the room. Now that Logan knows, we didn't get X interviews, boo. What, what, what?
1: Can I address the other elephant in the room? What, the literal elephants that have stopped (laughs) you podcasting this week? Yes! (laughs) I saw the Big fives. I saw the Big Five at the Kruger Park uh, this week. Woo! it only took me four days, and I got to see them all, which apparently is very, very rare to do so. I saw a leopard in the last three minutes of the last drive, and yet I still succeeded. Go team. So, so suck good. it to everyone else that was up at Kruger. <laughs> Real Michelle. <mature. laughs> you didn't see shit. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a rhino, wow. my favorite animal. I saw a rhino. He was just hanging out on the road. <laughs>
2: I don't know how to react to this. He's just so excited. I've never heard him so excited.
1: He's giddy. (laughs) Yeah. Nothing makes somebody giddy like right after a visit to the apartheid museum, which I just came from about 20 minutes ago. So I have no idea where the giddiness has come from.
2: I've heard you this giddy. I think it was on a couple of videos um, or Facebook live from Asian places.
1: Was I intoxicated in these Asian places?
2: You could have been.
1: I think that's a yes.
2: <laughs>
0: and talking of intoxication, Michelle has a glass of wine for this podcast because, for once, we're not recording at an inconvenient time for her.
2: I know. I'm not recording at 8 a.m. when I'm missing out on bacon or pancakes, and I'm not recording at midnight. So, oh my God, it's a decent hour.
0: It's a decent hour for drinking. That'll all yeah. change in the next uh, next few weeks, let's be perfectly honest. But I know. For now, I know. positive. Mm.
1: So, Amazing Race 31. They don't like to do anything else other than game shows in Japan, I found out. Or at least in premiere, premieres in Japan.
0: So we open, as always, with a trip to LA, which is described as the edge of America. And a number one tourist attraction in LA is, of course... A rando
1: beach. It's funny, because like, the way that Phil described it was almost verbatim from the season 19 or the season 20 intro for their starting line, too. I know you love to
0: make this joke on on your blog slogan about, oh, L.A., he's going to run out of descriptions for it. But he's 100% run out of descriptions for it.
1: Yeah, he <laughs> actually did. I need to go back to see what the description was from season 19 or 20, but I think it's almost word by word verbatim of what he said.
0: I rolled my eyes heavily when uh,
1: when he was like, oh, it's the edge of America. There's a lot of edge of things with CBS lately. The edge of America, the edge of Shaboya, the edge of Extinction, the edge of Art Belez's uh, fitness abilities.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh God, he's laughing.
1: He's yeah, giggling, he's giggling already.
2: midday. Yeah. It's not good.
0: <laughs> and Logan hasn't even had any alcohol yet. <laughs> despite the best efforts of uh, those people around him. Pump it into my veins! Fun fact, while you're in South Africa, Logan, a traditional greeting is, of course, um, going up to someone and saying, Mindana!
1: The traditional uh, greeting was uh, Shoseloza, show and taba."
0: <laughs> if you want to be a bit more formal, you just say, Vizayas! Vizayas? <laughs> Martinez? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I like
0: Mindanao. Sponsored by I'm so excited for um, Survivor South Africa to come back.
1: Can't wait for the return of Nico Patagonia.
0: Yeah. So, three groups of teams head towards Hermosa Beach, which is the start line. One from Survivor, one from Big Brother, and the amazing racers get to bike in. Yeah, why do they get the bikes? Because no one wants to actually give them an advantage.
1: Actually, everyone was using the bike except for Art. Art had leg cramps, so he actually you can't see it, but he actually had to be driven in there. They only show like the first two seconds of Art being on the bike, and then he gets escorted into a taxi uh, to the starting line.
0: Uh, fun fact, by the way, Amazing Race 19 began with the line this is the western edge of the United States and the world-famous fa- world coastline of California.
1: See, that's pretty much edge of the world. <laughs> edge of America. So, Phil, get some new material. He, he just rephrased the same freaking thing. It's not even like... He didn't even mention a specific landmark. He was talking about the exact same type of beach, the exact same city, and the exact same way. He just used different words. And if you're going to introduce
0: any Survivor or Big Brother team to Amazing Race, who do you start with in this cast? The answer is, of course, Rupert Bonham. Yeah. And I think it's fair to say that his performance this episode can be described as... Not good.
1: Or also, bad expectations.
0: <laughs> As friend of the podcast Bindles described it, their navigation abilities are sub-Kami and Kali.
1: Yes, they were in the same park for over two hours. How do you look for a clue for over two hours? For real skis.
2: They didn't go towards the last
0: Especially when Laura pointed out the slope.
2: I know, yes. What, I mean, go towards the light, for God's
1: sake. Go towards the light, Balboa.
2: Towards
0: the light. So Rupert has lost Survivor four times, and him and Laura thought they could go into Blood vs Water playing together, and Laura could be the charm for them to win. Spoilers, doesn't look like it's going to happen after this episode.
1: And it almost made Laura the charm to ensure that both of Rupert's appearances with, with Laura on CBS shows makes him go home first. <laughs>
0: And Janelle has completed on three seasons of Big Brother, Brittany has been on two, Janelle's a comp beast, Brittany voted her out, and there may be some grudges between them, despite the fact they've patched everything up after the season.
1: And they're the team that's getting along the best right now. <laughs>
0: yeah. And our first Amazing Race team are Leo and Jamal, who are back for a third time, and they want to be more social this time. They survived three U-turns in their previous two seasons, and they're back and more mature, Jamal has a three-year-old daughter, and Leo has a cat called Pablo.
2: Um, Where's his hair gone? I loved him with long hair.
1: And he shaved his beard too. Jamal did. Oh, God.
0: It's the more mature African animals.
1: They're more professional now. This is a business trip for them. They're the Brian <laughs> Heineck of the season, minus uh, shooting puppies with arrows. We hope. Maybe there'll be a Japanese game show where people shoot puppies with arrows. And
0: Phil greets everyone on the pier and it's a reality clash, but we're not calling the season that. And everyone smack talks each other. Rupert says that Survivors have the edge as they're tough in general. And Phil asks Rachel as she's the expert on Big Brother players going on race. And Corinne and Eliza literally never ate, at which point we get a patented Rupert Bonum cackle.
1: Corinne says they, so. they, had a, they had a shelter on Survivor. And it's like, well, not everybody got to have a shelter if you were with Rupert. You could just have a hole in the ground. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Charlotte could fit in there.
0: Oh, not good.
2: I don't call him Boneham. What are you calling him, Boneham?
1: That's his I last name. Him,
2: I call him Bonham because, like, like Helena Bonham Carter. I don't know why. I just have always called him Bonham.
1: That's
0: how he he pronounces his surname. It's Rupert Bonham. Bonham. Yeah. Bonham. Bonham. Bonham.
2: It's
0: <laughs> That's what she
1: said. <laughs>
0: oh, dear. <laughs> and Phil points them towards a giant octopus sand sculpture containing their first clues. I sure hope there's no second part to this challenge.
1: Yeah, it's... it's The balloons above the octopus are very conspicuous. There's it's like hundreds of them pretty. in the air. It's not, it's not like they just filmed there on a random day where... It's like, oh, yeah, there just have to be like hundreds of balloons in the air when we were filming. Are you guys aware
0: of what I'm referring to here?
1: Yes.
2: Apparently, yes, but I don't know what it was. What was the
0: task? So, there was hundreds of kites flying over the sand sculpture, as you can see, and in fact, when Art and JJ get their clue last, you can actually see them run towards the balloons. The second part of this challenge was to pull down these kites, and in the tail of one of the kites was an advantage. This advantage is the major twist of the season, which is what makes it even funnier that it was completely and utterly disregarded because it didn't get used. But it's something that I was aware of and actually hinted at in the, uh, in the preview last week. It's called the extreme roadblock. It's a power that you can use on another team to force both of their team members to do a particular roadblock.
2: At some uh, time in the future or on that first leg?
0: No, at some time in the future.
2: So, why, so no one obviously picked the right part?
0: No, someone found it, and then um, nobody used it.
2: But if they can use it in future legs, why didn't they? Oh, no one used it. So no, no one, one used ever it in used the entire it. season. Okay. All right. All right. Well, that's Is annoying.
1: That... Why wouldn't they Wonder- use it? Wonder if it was somebody who got eliminated really early. Then, yeah,
0: no mm. one seems to know who got it. But yeah, that's uh, that's apparently the meaning behind those kites.
1: I think just oh Diana are trying to dig into who potentially found it. But I thought one of the contestants, or maybe it was Justin or Diana, said that no one no one found it. But if someone did find it, I guess they just haven't passed up to it yet. Because no really no there's no word as to who found it yet.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure that it just didn't get used because everyone was aware of its existence. Because Phil wouldn't tell them at the start line that, oh, there's a power hidden in one of the kites, would he? Because they got the clue to say, now go towards the kites. So someone has to know about the extreme roadblock, which means someone has to have it. Hmm. So our next team are Nicole and Victor, who met on Big Brother. She evicted him three times. He didn't vote for her to win. And they got together after the season and are using the race to see if they're permanently compatible.
1: And the answer, I think, seems to be yes, (laughs) considering considering what's happened in the past year.
0: Yeah, that line is really conspicuous when you just consider that it's been so long since this season filmed that we already know the answer.
2: They're a cute couple. <sighs> what? There was a sigh?
0: <laughs> I struggle to find any enthusiasm towards most Big Brother players.
2: Oh, look, I don't even know them. I, don't, I have no idea who they are.
0: They were on two very bad seasons. Well, Nicole was on two very bad
1: seasons. Victor was evicted three times on a bad season.
0: Yeah. And Rachel finds the first clue, Rupert finds the second, and Victor finds the third. And teams must now fly to Tokyo. And then Floyd, Brittany, and Leo find the next ones, and Chris finds the seventh. And Leo's reaction to going to Tokyo again was, oh, not
1: Tokyo again. They were very stressed in the cab. That was a really deep exhale in the cab by Leo.
0: Yeah, because they have really bad unfinished business with, uh, with Tokyo.
1: What amazes me with this leg is that, There's even like the first task and the first rail marker. Rupert and Laura were still able to get top two. But yet Art and JJ, no matter where they went in this entire leg, they were permanently either in 10th or 11th even with luck-based challenges. Mm.
0: And our next team are our heroes let's be perfectly honest, Colin and Christy. And Colin says the energy was fairly intense 15 years ago.
2: He was fairly intense 15 years ago.
0: (laughs) And their ox is broken and that's bullshit.
1: I'm packing it.
0: <laughs> and since then, they've had two children, and Christy's become a life coach, and now they meditate, at which point the editors take the piss out of them and play a gong, and Colin says that he's not triggered again, but they are in it to win it.
1: Yeah, though, like, there's a lot of questions answered with Colin and Christy this episode, in which... They're going to meditate like crazy and have a lot more of a sense of humour about things. But that competitive edge has not gone anywhere. Oh no. He just won't won't confront uh, Tanzanian cops over uh, taxi fares by this time. But uh, their desire to be really strong in challenges and going for the win every leg, that hasn't disappeared whatsoever.
0: No, I think they're definitely going to be competitive, but maybe not as intense
1: Like, they were on a 15-year layoff, and in this leg, they nearly beat a team that's raced twice as much as everybody else.
0: And also who have been to that city before.
1: Yes, that's the only team they didn't beat this leg. Let that sink in for just a few seconds.
0: And it was really sweet when they did check in, and Phil went, it's been a while. That was really sweet. I
2: can't see Colin getting as angry. As 15 years ago.
0: Which is a shame because Colin getting angry was amazing. We need an ox
2: in this season somewhere.
0: I was hoping and praying that they would send them back to the Philippines purely to do the Ox is Broken challenge and Colin could get PTSD.
2: An ox anywhere. Just bring a random ox into the <laughs> show. I don't care where it is.
1: <laughs> well, if Rupert if Rupert and Laura get eliminated soon, they can just use Rupert instead of an ox. It pretty much looks the same thing.
2: Oh my god, you know what? You know what they could have done? Instead of biting into shoes, they could have bitten into oxes.
1: (laughs) My ox is bonum. (laughs) My ox ox is chocolate. (laughs) And
0: Christy says my sand is broken, and then finds the eighth clue. And then Tyler and Corey are back again. Last time they developed a reputation as giggly messes and won five legs, so they're not changing anything apart from winning.
1: So, actually, I just got word about that extreme roadblock and who got it. Tyler Oakley contacted me right before the podcast. Um, He said that him and Corey found it, and they just didn't want to, they just weren't up to using it, just the opportunity never came about.
0: Interesting. Thank you, Tyler, for that information.
1: Yeah, he didn't tell Justin, he didn't tell Diana or anybody else. He just told me uh, shortly before we went on there, I just wanted to, Keep it as a surprise for everybody.
0: And um, to quote Bindles on this topic, last time we won five legs and finished third, so we're not going to change anything. Says Tyler, a guy racing against a team who previously won six legs, finished second, and has changed quite a lot. <laughs> and then Tyler finds the ninth clue. Elias finds the tenth one, leaving Art and
1: JJ all alone.
0: At which point we get the intro.
1: Yay! Which is just—it's just hilarious how far behind Art and JJ are going to be at every single task, except for one.
0: And this is a good intro for fans of Head Turns.
1: I like how Art's finger guns were rejected, and then we see Laura Rupert and Laura's guns half a second later.
0: I laughed so hard at Art and JJ's one, because it's like, no, dude, that's going to get us so much hate. Don't do finger guns in the intro. And CBS went,
1: you're going to do finger guns. You have no choice in this matter. <laughs>
0: So Colin and Christy do a head turn and Devil Horns, Leon and Jamal do a full body head turn, Becca and Floyd do one as well, Corinne and Eliza do a full body one, Janelle and Brittany and Nicole and Victor both also do head turns. And then JJ finds a final clue and we get an entire scene of Leon and Jamal going, oh no, we're going back to Tokyo we're going to lose. And they do lose,
1: they go home right away.
0: Yep.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Afghanimals just don't do too well in Japan. It's like the reverse of how well afghanimals do in russia
0: and our next team are rachel and elitha and rachel is a combat pilot goat farmer chippendale ivy league acapella singer southern bell ringling brothers clown home shopping host food scientist roller derby mom indy driver competitive eater Harlem Globetrotter, star trek the next generation background character star of a series of canadian fitness public service announcements and the host of projects runway malaysia and her and elitha are both big brother alumni and sisters gotta try harder next time bindles
1: I'm harder not smarter
0: yeah in case you haven't already guessed david bindley is going to be trying to trip me up every week that rachel and alitha are actually here doing stupid jobs for rachel <laughs> and i already know what the theme for the next uh for the next week
1: is being a multi-occupational is supposed to be fun and good
2: <laughs> <laughs> i can't with those two like, seriously, can you – I mean, you, you're you men, you don't you don't care, but I look at them and the way they talk to each other and I just can't – I can't – they're just not normal.
1: It's not easy being them. green.
0: <laughs> oh, but it's God. harder to segue.
2: <laughs> what are they wearing? For one thing, what are they wearing? It's not even practical. It's stupid. It's so tight down below. How can she run? Has she oh – I just – It's just ridiculous.
1: It is not functional clothing. (laughs) No. (laughs) It's the Blair Fowler of packing clothes for the Amazing Race.
2: I wonder if, you know, they obviously styled them and said, you have to wear this. Did they even think, oh, I can't wear that. How am I going to run in that? Or did they think, oh, what a lovely colour. Oh, that's going to look so good. It's going to push me here and pull me there, and I'm going to look fantastic.
1: Oh, please. I think. I think what happened is they actually lost their bags at the airport, and then they had to consult with uh, Joey and Danny from last season.
0: (laughs) Oh, that makes sense.
1: (laughs) And that was all they had. They're like, here, just take our green robes. There you go.
0: I like the fact that Rachel has obviously seen her previous two seasons and gone, you know what, I'm not racing with Brendan this time. I'm just going to lean into the jokes and do an Amazing Race is Good and Fun reference immediately.
1: Yeah, everyone. Everyone was like going through like the old jokes. Is, is This is what's going to happen every episode: is something going to be broken? Is something going to be fun and good? Um, mm-hmm. Is it? Just, is Rupert just going to do his pirate yelling? Is it just going to be like this the whole time? Because that's going to be annoying. If it is, the season is going to be not good. Are Leo and Jamal going to get U turned like two or three more times?
0: <laughs> well, that might happen next week. And Alitha says that she can keep Rachel under control. And there are so many zings against Brendan. Brendan! <laughs> and I also appreciate the fact that Rachel's epic Amazing Race is Supposed to Be Good and Fun meltdown called Brendan her best friend, but then she follows it up by saying that Elither is this week.
1: Yeah, she had her first.
0: <laughs> and then the next team is Becca and Floyd, and the fun meter is Funstoppable. Becca and Mm -hmm. Floyd met at the starting line and weren't as physical as they should have been last time, and they're in a good place in their friendship, and they celebrate it by rapping.
1: I wonder how many raps they've rehearsed over the past year. I I think a whole LP is ready to drop on this season.
0: Maybe that's what they put any prize money towards.
1: Yeah, record deal. (laughs) And the latest signing with Interscope Records, Becca and Floyd from Boulder, Colorado. Team Funstoppable featuring a verse by Luke Adams.
2: (laughs) I wonder if they've got one, a rap ready, if they win.
1: I'm sure they do.
0: Can you hear the slight contempt in my voice for anyone who raps on Amazing Race? Oh, it's fun. It's just awkward. It's awkward to watch.
1: Oh, you've offended the Richards big time, Michael. The Richards are so pissed.
0: Oh no, how terrible. (laughs) Whatever shall I do? And the next team is Art and Georgia, who are friends and Border Patrol agents, and they lost because of Art on a sled, and they didn't talk about that for five
1: years and are only back to win. Did Art just shut down any conversation with the sled for five years? Like somebody would say, hey, it's snowing outside, Art, did you want to go, no? Anything but that. <laughs> I'm going to go deport somebody. <laughs> I'm doing finger guns if you bring up a sled.
0: And then it's Chris and Brett next, who met on Survival Millennials vs. Gen X. And Chris trusts Brett as much as anyone else. And this is basically all of their content for the episode.
1: Yeah, Brett missed a clue at the top of quote-unquote Mount Fuji. Or Mount Fiji for Chris and Brett, because they probably think both places are very similar. And the last team we're introduced to
0: are Corinne and Eliza, who are well-known villains. And Corinne has no filter whatsoever, and we get the Dead Father line from the McBone Final Tribal. They're both totally single, but won't miss anything apart from their shoes. And they say that there are some dumb teams who are easy pickings. Nicole and Victor are team dum-dum, Rupert is really old, and Rachel was carried by Brendan.
1: They missed their shoes, but yet Eliza managed to pick up 39 pairs of shoes by the end of the first roadblock.
0: The other fun thing about this season being filmed so late is I'm pretty sure that uh, Eliza's in a long-term relationship now. (laughs) With Eamon? Um... no... I've seen on her social <laughs> media that she's uh, she's in some sort of relationship. Although, did you know that her and uh, Brian were together for quite a long while?
1: Brian Corrid? Yeah. Are you serious?
0: I'm being deadly serious.
1: Oh, I th- I thought he was not interested in that fashion.
0: So did I, but during the off-season, a um, the pilot's episode of a game show that was over here called The Exit List came out, and the pilot featured brian and eliza who were in a relationship at that time interesting and i was not aware of that either so i don't know whether that was a tv relationship or whether it's actually genuine but yeah i'm
1: gonna go with tv relationship i know they both live in the same area
0: well they're they're bar trivia teammates as well along with friend of the podcast Brooke cam high ah that's quite the trio there's a few of the former survivors and racers and people like that who go trivia ring together
1: one thing that bothered me about corn and eliza's intro is that they said oh rupert's old like Laura is super old with the pot belly and i'm thinking if rupert and Laura is super old does that mean that like mel white is in the valley of the kings (laughs) yeah pretty much
2: (laughs) yeah i saw that super old and i'm like okay what?
1: There are racers who—I <laughs> already sound like Marshall. Oh, there are just get it out of your system, Logan. There are racers who were racing tw- at an age twenty years older than Rupert and Laura, but Corinne and Elias are laughing at them. And that's rude. And that's rude. <laughs> I wasn't even meaning to do it. In the press.
0: Also, fun facts: Rupert, being super old, is less than 10 years older than our very own Michelle Pierce-Denovan.
2: Yes, correct.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So Michelle is marginally old, officially. (laughs) At least you can write faster than
1: Art and JJ.
2: I don't think that would be hard. (laughs) Um, Hey, did Eliza call Elissa lips?
1: Elitha. Well, yeah. I know I'm
2: not calling her that. I will call her with an S, Alyssa. You two can have the list. <laughs> oh my god! Um, I'm sure she said, "Good luck, lips." Yeah. I didn't see that. I didn't see that Alyssa had plumped up lips. I'm going to have to. No, look she next does.
1: Time. She definitely does. She, okay. yeah, yeah, she does. She's so
2: mainstream now. I can't even notice anymore.
0: She's had her entire face done, Michelle. She has Bruno lips now.
1: And they come up with the super clever nickname for Nicole and Victor by calling them Team Dumb. Team Dumb Dumb. Yeah, so clever, so witty, based on 200 days of footage of uh, Nicole and 100 days of uh, footage of Victor. The best they could come up with was Team Team Dumb.
0: Well, maybe Team Dumb was the uh, original name of their podcast, and they just wanted to um, publicize it before they actually did it.
1: On one hand, you have Team Dumb. On the other hand, you have Team Fun. Where's the dumb meter at? Unstoppable. (laughs) I think any action
0: that Nicole and Victor do now, we do have to rank on the dumb meter.
2: Um, were Were they particularly unintelligent on Big Brother? Why are they calling them Team Dumb?
0: I think it's not that they're dumb. I think it's that they're not very worldly. Okay.
1: They were stuck in a house.
0: I seem to remember that Nicole didn't really leave Michigan until she was on Big Brother.
2: Wow, okay. But that doesn't mean you're dumb, but anyway, yeah, whatever. They, they like the turn.
0: So they are all on the same flight to uh, Tokyo, and they have to take a bus, which is also provided, to Shibuya, where they all receive their next clue.
1: is so safe. I don't understand why they had to all take the same bus to Shibuya. That would have been an excellent challenge to spread out the teams. Instead of it being Mm. very TASCA-centric. I originally thought that,
0: but then there is a... There's something that's been brought to my attention again that kind of makes a bit more sense. Because if you remember when Amazing Race 31 was officially rumoured to be all Big Brother people originally, do you remember that they revealed one of the locations? Papua New Guinea? Papua New Guinea. Which everyone went, what, really? They're actually going to take them to one of the least safe countries in the world?
1: Not only the least safe, one of the least safe countries, Port Moresby is like the most dangerous city on the planet.
0: <laughs> so Bindle sent me this message during the week. Random thought, remember how a bunch of BB people supposedly got undercast for leaking Papua New Guinea's first location? What if that was real? Because the survivor group is less who's who and more who's available. And if you had to replace a premier leg at very short notice, might you not build it around a major landmark you've been to several times already, with simple low-budget tasks with prefab props? Like, we'll take you to the first destination, saves on filming permits, and then you've got a navigation sass that would literally have cost less than $20 to do, a roadblock in an empty floor of an office building, and a second roadblock using a rented attraction in a park. The biggest logistical headache for this episode would have been the pit stop pixelating the greeter.
1: And that makes a lot of sense to me.
2: Yeah.
1: It really does. I didn't think about it that way till now.
0: If they've done a last minute switcheroo on this leg from Papua New Guinea to somewhere that's reasonably safe and that they have contacts, Tokyo's not going to be the worst place for them to send them to, on the surface.
1: No, because all of the infrastructure is going to be there. It's, yeah, really easy to film there.
0: This did stink to me like a replacement leg of some description.
2: Why? I remember that Papua New Guinea thing. Why would they even think of doing it?
0: Because it's a new country.
2: I wonder because it's new. Were they going somewhere else new next week? Where are they going new next week?
1: Laos.
0: Yeah.
2: Wow,
1: you don't pronounce the S, yes, Michael. Lao then what? Wow. Like yeah.
2: Really? Oh, I always yeah. thought it was Laos.
1: Apparently, um, you don't pronounce the S. Yes. I was I uh, was made very clear to me when I was in Thailand because a bunch of them go to this one super duper party town in Lao called Bandiang. And it's just all—it's just a bunch of Canadians and Americans and other people that just get drunk and party there in the river 24-7. And
0: it also makes a, it makes a lot of sense from a logistical point of view as well, because Papua New Guinea would have been very difficult to get to and from. They would have probably had to go through New Zealand. Yeah. So for them to have to fly to New Zealand, then Papua New Guinea, then back to New Zealand, then to Vietnam, and then to Laos from there, that would have been a bit of a
1: headache.
2: Mm. Well, when I knew they were in L.A., I thought, oh, my God, maybe they're coming to Australia. And I was ready at, like, 3 a.m.
0: Well, Melbourne's constantly rumoured at the moment. Really? Oh,
2: damn, I'll have to go down there.
0: Melbourne was on standby, I think, for 32.
2: Yeah, I heard that. I heard that, yeah. But for 31, I was ready for Sydney, and then it didn't come.
1: The thing I keep hearing through, through Alan Wu is that for bertram is having such a tough time securing funding for each season of the amazing race that uh, uh, supposedly that they have to rule out certain countries that would be too expensive to go uh, film in which is why you're probably going to see more like countries in southeast asia probably on subsequent seasons and africa too you'll probably see more uh, countries in africa on the amazing race most likely i want to pick your brain on
0: something logan because you've been quite recently to japan and to shibuya
1: mhm would you have run around shouting english english in shibuya and no it like it's funny like within japan like the locals are different depending on the city that would work in a place like osaka because everyone's a comedian and it's like the only loud city in all of japan but in tokyo like they have from what i was told by the local experts there is that there's almost like a they're more so annoyed by the tourists. They don't really want to talk to them unless they need, like, if it's direct help, like, you go directly up to them and say, hey, I'm trying to find this place. Can you help me? Then they'll help you and do their be super polite about it. But they won't make any extra conversation with you. They'll just be super helpful and then let you be. But, yeah, if you approach it by, like, screaming down the streets of Tokyo, or Shibuya especially, saying, English, English, anybody English? Yeah, you're not going to get anywhere with that. You have to be way more polite and calm and quieter about it for anyone to be willing to help you.
2: It's quite a strange thing to do. Because if there was someone running down the streets of Sydney saying Japanese, Japanese, I'd be more like, (laughs) where? Where? Like, is there a crowd of Japanese coming?
1: It's rather weird. Where's the the flag for the tourists? (laughs) It's like like the Korean tourist groups.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I thought that might be the answer given i've not been to tokyo but i have been to japan albeit okinawa
1: yeah so even you know it to a certain extent michael you don't just you don't scream in in the streets of japan it's the one that you're going to get a very minimal response when everyone is so quiet and polite there
0: yeah i would never have run around the the streets of uh of okinawa going english english <laughs> despite it being probably the one place in japan where you can pretty much guarantee someone
1: has a chance of speaking english yeah And Tokyo would have a lot of English-speaking people, too.
0: Yeah. And everyone is intimidated by the former racers. And then Rupert and Laura get the first clue from Tokyo Tokyo Restaurant. First? What happened? They now have to find the edge of Tsubuya building and head to the fifth floor to find their next clue.
1: And this was the limited clues thing. I don't think we touched upon this. But yeah, they had to choose one of the two destinations. And I assume each place has, has six clues. Yeah. What made me laugh, cause just because I, I did go to Tokyo for 10 days, and, and with Japan in general, there's so many 7-Elevens, and the very first thing I can spot when they get to Shibuya and when they're running through the streets is just 7-Eleven after 7-Eleven after 7-Eleven, because they are everywhere in Japan.
0: Well, they're everywhere in, in Asia, because there was loads of them in Beijing as well.
1: Actually, uh, Chiang Mai and Thailand, that has a ton of them too. Probably, actually, that would probably outnumber the ones in Tokyo. So,
2: Rupert and Laura get this clue and they walk so slowly trying to find where they have to be. It's like they're on a Sunday stroll. I, it's a marathon, I love Rupert. Not a He's one of favourite And I know a lot of people don't like him, but I'm like, come on, what are you doing? Why are you walking so slowly? Why aren't you asking anybody what's happening? Seriously
0: and Leo and Jamal spots ACB, lock, and security, but pretend to fight to throw everyone off, and they get the third clue, with Janelle and Brittany getting the fourth one, Colin and Christy getting the fifth one, and Becca and Floyd getting the sixth.
1: That was a genius move. That's a, that's a unique move I think I've seen on the Amazing Race. I haven't seen a pretend fight to throw off the teams.
0: Yeah, especially when you're in a place like Tokyo where it's going to be difficult to find your locations. Certainly a good idea.
1: So, the first roadblock
0: is at the edge of Shibuya building. And it's Who Wants a Sweet New Pair of Shoes? And in this roadblock inspired by Japanese game shows, one team member must remain seated and find one of 12 shoes made out of chocolate, only using their mouths. Once they find an edible shoe, they have to eat one side of the shoe with their partner to get their next clue. Yum! And it's uh, Jamal, Christy, Janelle, Victor, Elitha, Tyler, Floyd, Chris, Laura, Eliza and JJ doing this roadblock.
2: How good is this Thing roadblock? Is I haven't liked a food roadblock, roadblock since... What did we have? The cheese fondue. This is my second favourite.
0: Depends what flavour it was as well, because it's Japan. There could have been weird flavoured chocolate.
1: Could have been seaweed flavoured.
0: If you've seen any of the Kit Kats in Japan, you'll know what I mean. And Christy says that her tactic to find the correct shoe is to keep her vibes high. And it works! I love that the editors are obviously having a lot of fun with Colin and Christy and just taking the piss out of them. It's greatly amusing. And... Nicole and Victor find the next clue in seventh, with Rachel and Alitha getting to Tokyo Tokyo in eighth, but there are no more clues. So they have to find ACB lock and security, but they also find that in eighth. Then Tyler and Corey find it in ninth, and Corinne and Eliza get it in tenth, with Art and JJ in last.
1: Again, should we just note that Christy did
0: a roadblock? Yeah, Christy actually doubled her roadblock total. (laughs) And she should be so proud. So, Jamal finds the right shoe on his sixth attempt, and Janelle finds it on her first one, and once they get the right clue, they do have to eat the shoe up to a red line on each side to get the clue. No one has any trouble with that, so teams have to now find an Aramon station, and then head to Sheba Cohen to find their next clue.
2: Jamal said that he started to look for colour and texture. Did he only start to look for that after the sixth time when he said it, or do you think he was looking for that right at the beginning? Because... You could see when you looked at the wall, you could see there were some that were different colours. But then they picked something that was the same colour as the one beside it. It was really weird.
0: Yeah, they weren't careful at all.
2: Yeah.
0: And Victor says that his teeth start to hurt because he keeps biting too hard because he's not realised that the chocolate will bite
1: quite easily. Yeah, it could just be really stale chocolate or, like, really dark chocolate. So maybe you do have to chop down on it quite a bit.
2: But Victor tried 43 times.
1: What the hell? That's like a third of the shoes. No, (laughs) One for each time he's been evicted from Big Brother.
0: And the next roadblock in Shiva Cohen is Who Wants to Climb Mount Fuji. And in this roadblock, also inspired by Japanese game shows because they've got about a $10 budget, the person who didn't complete the first roadblock must climb a 20-foot slippery slope to grab their next clue. And it's Leo, Colin, Corey, Nicole, Rachel, Becca, Brett, Brittany, Corinne, Art, and Rupert doing this roadblock.
1: The extreme roadblock penalty did come into effect because Brett did end up doing this task twice.
0: Very true. Maybe someone just used it on that and they, uh, they covered it up by saying that Brett just forgot his clue the first time.
2: Are they speaking in English? <laughs> what are they saying?
0: Sir. <laughs> Sir, you cannot take that.
2: <laughs> Can you do the rest of the podcast in a South African accent, please?
0: No, I can only
1: do a little bit. <laughs> There's an intense game going on. Sir, please stop stealing.
2: <laughs> Logan, can you do South African?
1: No, no, I, I I need a bit more practice. When they have 11 official languages, it's tough to do all the different accents.
0: Given I've I've had zero practice of South African. That's that wasn't bad.
2: I'm crying. I have s- a lot of South Africans around
0: where I live. Let's say you're South African is isn't there, Michelle?
2: I, don't, I can't do it unless I'm talking to them. It's very hard. I'm, I'm not really good with accents.
0: Yeah, that's why I'm asking you to do it.
1: Yeah, no, I'm not. That's the whole plan. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm not asking you to do it because you're going to be good at it, Michelle. I'm asking you to do it because you'll be bad at it and it'll be I'm amusing. Bad. I'm bad. I'm,
2: I'm bad at accents. I'm not even trying. Oh, my God. Where are we up to? Oh, that slippery mountain. I don't think I can get up that. That, that looked really hard. It was foot. Oh, no, but the handholds were quite far away, and I can't imagine how slippery it was.
0: Yeah, it was twenty foot. That's not that much.
2: Have you ever done one of these obstacle courses?
0: Yes. You have? Yes.
2: When? A couple of years ago. I can't imagine you on an obstacle course at all.
0: Thanks, Michelle. Love you, too.
2: <laughs> Sorry,
0: I just can't. Michelle, you can piss off.
2: <laughs> so you did one. Oh, that's good. It's fun, but if they've got a slippery slope, they're really hard to get up. But it'd be fun. I'd be laughing doing that and frustrated at the same time.
0: So Leo apparently does a lot of climbing, but it does not show at all. And Rupert and Laura walk in a big old circle while trying to find the edge of Sebuya. And then Rachel and litha leave in fifth with Tyler and Corey in sixth, Becca and Floyd in seventh.
2: I have to bring something up about Alyssa and Rachel before you move on. Alyssa. Alyssa. yes. She walks out of the tent, right? Yes. She walks out of the tent. <laughs> and this is the thing. You sound like you're drunk. Can you stop? The funny thing about Americans, a lot of Americans, they, they compliment a lot, right? Even when there isn't a compliment due. So Alyssa... And Rachel, they're there at the mountain. And Alyssa says to Rachel, looking good, Rachel. Now, no, she isn't looking good. She's in a purple onesie with fake hair. She looks shocking. And you know what? If I was doing that challenge with my partner, I'd say, oh, you look great. There'd be no complimenting. There'd be nothing positive. It would be laughter and some sort of bagging out.
0: It would be, you look like shit.
2: Well, no, I would not say that. I would just say you look absolutely ridiculous.
0: You look like shit.
2: <laughs> oh, my God, I am not South African. I think Becca went up the mountain without loops, too. I think she just went up. She just went. It's like a spider monkey.
0: And Chris says that he would eat the wood if they let him. And Leo uses his hand as suction to climb the hill a bit easier and gets the clearing first. The teams must now find Atigo Ginger. The first pit stop of the race, the last team's check-in will be eliminated.
2: Yes, Phil uh, was very, um, very different about that.
0: And then Colin's old man strength sees him climb the slope in one attempt, and they get the clue in second. And then Chris and Brett leave the first roadblock in eighth. And Rupert and Corinne at the first roadblock agree that going out first would not be doing the Survivor franchise justice. Before Rupert and Laura leave in ninth, and Eliza leaves in tenth after 39 attempts. That's insane. 39 attempts, one roadblock, one Eliza. (laughs) Well, that even rhymes. And at the pit stop, Leo and Jamal check in in first, and they win a cruise around Tahiti, and they get some redemption for their previous antics in Tokyo. And Colin and Christy check in in second, and Phil says it's been a while, and they say that they're even more fit than they were last time.
2: Well, they're thinking more about their
0: bodies, aren't they? Yeah, they're getting their chi-centred, or whatever it is they believe in.
2: The chakras, the chakras, Michael.
0: The chakras are aligned.
2: Yes, I'm not surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if they had crystals in their bag.
0: Oh, definitely. I
2: would not be surprised because I would take crystals in my bag
0: because, of course, you would.
2: (laughs) Yeah, because I'm that kind of person. I have a crystal right now beside my bed that I've worn thinking about the race, of course, and I keep getting all these. Like, like I pick up these, oh, my God, you're going to think I'm so weird. I have all these, these like cards that are like affirmation cards and all this this stuff.
0: Nonsense. And
2: every time, yeah, yeah. And every time I pick one up, it's like it's it's been really weird. This last week has been like focus on your dream. Believe you can do it and stuff like that. And I'm like, okay, this is really weird because I've never had this before, just like every day. But yeah. So I'm assuming they do all that too. Do
0: you know what sort of crystal I have next to me, Michelle? Oh, God. Um, Wait, is it actually a crystal?
2: No, you don't drink alcohol, so it can't be a bottle called something crystal. Or you've got, like, a f- no, I have no idea.
0: It's one from the crystal maze. <laughs> you know, one that I actually <laughs> won.
2: So it's actually plastic? Uh, yes. <laughs> so it's a pretend crystal.
0: So... Tyler and Corey leave in third, with Nicole and Victor in fourth, and Rachel and Alitha in fifth. And Floyd bets that Becca will climb the slope quickly, and they live in sixth, after one attempt, obviously. And Tyler and Corey check in, in third, with Rachel and Alitha in fourth, and they are enjoying it more now that Brendan's not there.
2: Of course. You'd enjoy it more with your sister than your husband. I'm sorry, but you would.
0: Would you enjoy it more with your sister than with your husband? I don't know, they're about on par. <laughs> <laughs>
2: My sister can't really run. so that Well, I can't run, but she's really bad at running. So that would just not go well. But she's quite forthright. So she might be better.
0: So she'd make good husband.
2: TV. She'd make good TV, yeah. She'd say, well, what are you doing? Give me the directions now.
0: And Brett gets to the top of the slope but forgets to grab a clue. And Chris can't tell him what to do. But the best thing is Rupert and Laura take the opportunity to walk right past the clue box for the next two hours.
2: I don't understand. How big is that park?
0: Not very, by the look of the maps.
2: And they go to some dark pagoda, it looks like. This little box of a thing. It's like a little temple. Walking around. Yeah, but if it was going to be there or there was a clue there, there'd be lights around it, wouldn't there?
0: Surely. It's a night nightlight. They're not going to hide it in the dark. Not good. Not good. And then Becca and Floyd check in in fifth, and Phil does take the opportunity to ask if Floyd is actually drinking enough.
2: Is he going to ask that every leg,
0: though? Oh, well, certainly I would. <laughs> and Chris and Brett check in in seventh, with Janelle and Brittany checking in eighth, and Eliza channels her inner Natalie and Nadia to encourage Corinne as they leave in ninth. And now on to the really awkward section, which is the Art and JJ trying to pump each other up before they miserably fail. So, Art says that he's in way better shape than last time. There's no way anything physical will stand in my way.
2: Yeah. Cramps. Have you ever had a leg cramp?
0: Yes. I've had them while sleeping, and it's the worst.
2: Yeah, I had it. I I sometimes have it when I'm sleeping, and I know, straight away, I stand up, and I stretch my leg, it's gone. What the hell? Why was he still lying down, bending his leg?
0: God knows.
2: How do you get rid of it?
0: Um, you stand on like a metal hearth yes. or something on a fireplace and slam your foot down, and that fixes it.
2: You stand up exactly. I don't understand what he was trying to do. I, I, he looked in serious pain, which he would be because he's not even getting rid of it.
0: No, he's just postponing it.
2: Tiger, he's making it his legs worse, and then he had it in the other leg apparently.
0: And then JJ makes it worse by saying the thing of you can say about art—he's never going to quit.
2: Oh yeah.
0: It's almost like they were deliberately um, setting these guys up for a fall.
2: Small issue.
0: And even if you didn't know they went first, like me, you'd still think, yeah, they're probably quite screwed here.
2: I just thought he'd be able to get rid of it and then get up the mountain. But then I didn't want him to because I knew Rupert was last and I needed Rupert to
0: stay in. Even if I didn't know that Art and JJ went first, I would have been cheering Rupert on because Rupert having to bumble his way around the world is already a very fun storyline for this season. (laughs)
2: He's he's so clueless He's travelling
0: They absolutely have zero knowledge Of how to direct themselves And it's wonderful
2: Have have they been anywhere overseas? I know Laura wants to come to Australia Which is like, come on down
0: I'm not even sure From looking at it, I would guess not But it's very entertaining
2: See, I listened to um, Did you listen to Phil's uh, Bucket Kick it? Bucket? I can't remember call it with Robin Brennan. And they said that before the race, the only places they've been to are literally Canada and Mexico. So they've just gone over the border of both places. They hadn't been anywhere else. But they cope very well. They did well. But maybe it's because of their age at that point. I think if you're younger and you're traveling overseas, I think it's easier for you than when you're older for the first time travelling overseas.
0: Yeah, I think it also doesn't help that Rupert and Laura have been married for 20 years now, so they're probably quite set in their ways. Mm. Like, she told him exactly where the slope was, and they probably would have got about 7th or 8th if he'd actually listened to her. Yeah.
2: Why didn't he listen to her?
0: Because that's not good. And Phil checks in Corinne and Eliza in 9th, but not after faking them out. They say that it's humbling and that idiots have beaten them. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> they're not doing themselves any favours. The fan base really does not
0: like them. They know exactly why they were cast and they're leaning into it. Oh, well. And then Art gets a cramp, medical are called, and JJ quits for them and they take a penalty, but the penalty doesn't start until Rupert and Laura arrive.
2: Why is that? I thought it always started when people quit.
0: No, it's the, the rule has always been it's four hours from the next team to arrive at the task.
2: Why did they do that? I, I, I haven't really known that before. I thought it was just whenever they quit.
0: No, because the, the biggest example of this is the meat block in Argentina in Season 7, where hmm. everyone claims Boston Rob convinced everyone to quit. He didn't.
2: That was correct. But yeah. because
0: because everyone was there, the penalty started immediately. Yes. Whereas if there was still one team to get to the meat block, nobody's penalties would have started until that team arrived.
2: Oh, it's right. right. I remember thinking, with the teams that were still going, oh, I don't know, I don't know, we can eat it, we can eat it. And I'm thinking, just don't eat it. And everyone go at the same time, and then you'll all leave at the same time.
0: So Art and JJ, using their knowledge of the rules, try and psych Laura out. And they don't foresee Rupert getting up that slide, but he, of course, does it on attempt number one.
2: He's going to do it. Pirate.
0: Because Rupert not making it up on the first attempt would be not good. And as Rupert gets the clue, Art and JJ, of course, succumb to death and rot, because they know they're going home. And, and Rupert and Laurie check in 10th, leaving Art and JJ to check in in last and be eliminated.
2: Well, that ended okay for me.
0: And Michelle breathes a huge sigh of relief. Correct. So, next time, teams head to Lau, and they face a double U-turn.
2: Mm.
0: So what do you think is going to happen, Michelle?
2: Um, I don't know. Has a double u W-turn ever been in the second leg? Seems early.
0: I don't think it has happened that I can think of. Well, outside of, like, Hammer where...
1: Yeah, where it's every leg.
2: <laughs> I think someone will U-turn Leo and Jamal, definitely.
1: Depends how much they won this first leg by. I don't think it was that much that they won this leg by. I, it's kind of funny that the top two teams are both teams that have been U-turned before.
0: Well, Colin and Christy haven't.
1: Well, yielded. Pardon me, Michael. <laughs> Get your terminology right, Logan. Oh, and then you have Rachel in the mix too. She was in fourth, so three out of the top four teams have all been have all experienced being thwarted. So I assume they're all going to be targeting each other. Uh, come the double U-turn next round.
0: The last time there was a leg two U-turn was amazing. Race unfinished business. Oh, okay. So we've basically got to the end of the episode now, Logan. <laughs> so I, your, I, I
1: figured so. I had enough of an appearance. (laughs) Um, Anything super interesting you guys covered while I was offline and reconnecting to my pocket MiFi?
2: fi Previous experiences with cramps, personally?
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. I've had cramps while running. Um, Lindsay Richter from Survivor Africa had cramps while she was on there, but I think that was a very different type of cramp.
0: (laughs) Is it fair to compare Art and JJ this season to Sharla
1: and Nabila? Let's see, dead last and everything, being completely hopeless at every task. Quit on the task due to cramps. Lake cramps. And just being so far out of it, but yet one team still being behind that they could sneak past and catch up. Did you see Art's ex interview where he said that Rupert climbed up the Mount Fuji like a spider monkey? I did not know. That's what he said. He said Rupert climbed oh, it up yeah. like this. Like a spider monkey, and I'm thinking, that's the first and last time I think Rupert will ever be compared to a spider monkey.
0: So who do you think is going to get uh, U-turn, Logan?
1: Let's say, I mean, odds, if you go by past history, if you go by historical odds, Leo and Jamal have to be number one. (laughs) And uh, who would be the second one? It's got to be a team. Maybe it'll be, I guess Leo and Jamal would probably be their like, they'd be u turn first, and then they would U-turn somebody else as a defense. So they'd probably U-turn maybe Janelle and Brittany? So I don't know if Janelle and Brittany are going to—or Nicole. Yeah, it was Nicole of Nicole and Victor that actually surprised me physically this leg. They did better than I thought—she um, did better than I thought she was going to. I think Janelle and Brittany are going to be easy sacrifices to make within this cast.
0: And I know we're not going to discuss the Ridiculous Next Time trailer, or the Ridiculous This Season oh, trailer, I should say. Too spoilery. Yeah, but there is one thing I want to mention, which is, of course, the must-vote U-turn finally being a thing in America.
1: We've waited so damn long for this. And I can't wait. And this is, like, the perfect season to do it, too, when you have a split between a Mason race and non amazing race contestants, so... You might have a shot at two Amazing Race teams being U-turned and one of them being sent home instead of them all making it to the end of the game.
0: However, that bit of the trailer is particularly spoilerific, so we're not going into any more detail.
1: Nope.
0: Because you can tell what country that is.
1: I like how everyone complains about each season, like, oh, I can't believe they did this time. They're always surprised. And I'm thinking, haven't they been doing a this season trailer since season, at least season 26? Yeah, because it
0: keeps people interested and also more importantly when they know that they're apparently going to take a week off because of the survivor finale they need to keep people interested even after like four
1: right but yeah like so that's what one two that's six seasons in a row now at least that i can think of for sure that had a this season trailer and then people Mm. like are still outraged like oh i can't believe they did that like do they just have no memory do they have an even worse memory than you know big easy trying to unscramble a five-letter word at regular intervals yeah, short-term amnesia team. They need a season of just all teams with short-term amnesia.
2: The dementia. The dementia season then, hey?
1: Eh? Yeah. Dementia showdown.
2: That'll be good on those re- – when, when they go to a restaurant and they have to remember, you know, what everyone orders, that would be fun.
1: Oh, It'll Meredith and Gretchen. Bring back Meredith and Gretchen. That'll definitely uh, – it's just going to be all old CBS contestants, so Meredith and Gretchen will have a huge advantage. So who do you guys think is
0: going home next week? If anyone, because we might have a non-elimination.
1: Are we allowed to say Rupert and Laura is that just too easy of a guess Aww. to make?
0: Can Aww. do it if you want.
1: I'm going to say. <laughs> I'm going to say Rupert and Laura, and if if see C- if there's any time where CBS would have wanted to not have predetermined non-eliminations, I think Rupert and Laura finishing last on early leg is a time where they would definitely want to uh, invoke that exception. Selfishly, I hope that
0: someone U-turns Rupert and Laura just so I can do the impression of, who the fuck you turned me? <laughs> Corey. <laughs> it could
2: be Chris and Brett. They could go. God, they're all strong teams. Maybe it's Corinne and Eliza. They're just going to go because they have no idea.
0: No, Michelle, they're not all strong teams. They're nine strong teams and Rupert and Laura.
2: I know, but I don't want them to go.
1: I found the clue first in the octopus
2: They need some major help
1: I don't need help (laughs) I only need help with finding a white t-shirt or a black shirt (laughs) Everything is (laughs) tie-dye
0: Why? Who the fuck set a paint bomb off on me?
2: (laughs) Oh my god Stop it with the swearing
0: That should
1: be the speed bump Paint ball My shirt's actually one colour for once so have you guys got anything else you want to say?
2: No. No, I'm, I'm all good.
1: How about next time they go to Japan, we actually do something that's culturally relevant and things they actually do in Japan? Like a know? tea ceremony? Tea ceremony, yeah, something with geish- it- geishas, go to a sumo venue as a route marker. Oh, my God.
2: No, no, no. No, no, no. All the men in the teams, oh, i would be very bad if there's two, a girl team, but anyway, they have to dress up as geishas and try and put... The actual—have you ever seen them try and put that uniform on? It would be hilarious.
1: Yeah, they could act at all. Any, I mean, Japan super traditional. There'd be there's an endless number of interesting tasks they can do. If they do the tea ceremony, though, they do have to invite Angela
0: and Carol. It's the legal requirement of any tea ceremony on TV. Sumo.
2: Oh my god, they could do sumo wrestling.
0: Colin and Christie is the Buddhist. <laughs> hmm. So, thank you for listening to this Amazing Race podcast. You can join us next week for another recap. If you've got any questions, feel free to contact us on our Facebook page, at TV Warriors, on our Twitter account, our TV Warriors, our own Twitter pages, MJ Helmstone for me, Logs of for Logan, and Bear333 for Michelle. Also, if you're watching Demol Belgie, we
1: recap that every Thursday. See you next week.
0: Bye. Peace
1: out and just chill to the next af- episode. <laughs>
0: So close, Logan, so close.